Here we go. All right. Well, welcome, 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 teacher leaders, uh, principal leaders, school leaders from all over the country. I'm so excited for this call uh, today, for this session today, whether you're joining us from your car, from your living room, from your classroom. Um, this, this, this call, this Zoom session is going to impact you, I guarantee you, uh, for, for life, if you, if you implement as we were just talking about. So if we've never met before, my name's Tom Miller, so I've invited a lot of people here. We've got members of our Teacher Leader Academy here, Michelle, and we've got members of our school leader community here, and I think we have some members of your community here also, because we yeah. just said, let's just share this opportunity with anybody who wants to come to learn about how to limit stress in your life because it's something that we all have you know whether we acknowledge it or not stress is a big part so um, I'm going to just let me just tell you a short story about uh, our guest speaker our guest expert at today Michelle Burkhart I met Michelle I know the first time I really really met you Michelle was when we went to Paraguay uh, together to teach leadership yeah. and in comes this woman who's like running around like 100 miles an hour and i think you got you, you know like uh, delayed six times like on the way i mean the trip alone it, is it took about 33 hours to get yeah, there yeah yep. yeah normally it's a whole day and then you come and you're always wearing these incredible uh uh chuck you know ch you know chuck uh, taylor converse shoes and i can't remember what you know they were probably red that day and yep. i was like who is that woman? Like, who is it? So here we're all, we're all loading on these buses and we're being, you know, driven into the, you know, the middle of the, of the towns. And, and like, it was like, hey, who's on the next bus? And Michelle's like, I am. And she, you could see, she was like, just hanging on by a thread, but you're just <laughs> such, but you're such a giver and you're such a leader. And that's when I first took notice of Michelle. She's a, she's a, a colleague of mine in the John Maxwell team and a friend of Katie's and uh, you know myself as well and most importantly she's she's a fellow teacher um, who, who spent time she's a practitioner she spent time in the classroom and now she uh, leads all sorts of uh, sessions and and she started her own company which she'll you know probably tell you a little bit more about but grow by one and she's all about adding value to others and I'm just I'm just excited that you're here with us and uh, so I'm going to turn it over to you, Michelle. You've got full reign, and I'll watch the chat box and make sure everybody can get in. But I'm really excited to hear about. I'm really excited to hear about how you recovered, right, from your story. I'm not excited about your story, but I'm excited about how you're bringing awareness about what can happen to educators if they're not careful yeah. at a very, very young age. So. So you've got the floor and welcome everybody. Awesome. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Um, I'm excited about my story. Looking back on it, you know, um, so if you don't know anything about me, first of all, let me tell you about myself before I jump right in. Uh, so yes, I am Michelle Burkhardt. I live in Midland, Michigan, the middle of the state, uh, which Ironically, we've had no snow yet this year, which usually we're like under a few feet at this point. So it's kind of a weird 2020 year, but I'll take it. Uh, so for, for me, I have a background. I was a classroom teacher for a number of years, and then I jumped into an administration position. Um, and honestly, it was so stressful. I, at one point, I had a four-year-old, a two-year-old. I was working about 60 hours a week. Uh, I was pregnant with my third child, and I, um, my mother was dying, and she lived two and a half hours away from me, and somebody needed to be there three days a week. So I would get up at 3.30 in the morning. I would travel down there. I'd be there with her, talk to the doctors. I would come home. I would work a full 10-hour day. I would grab the two kids. We would go home. My husband 
husband was doing a long-term training away for about four months. So for those four months, that was my life. Um, and it wasn't too long after that. Honestly, my youngest was 10 months old and it had just happened to be a normal day. I was going to pick up my preschooler and my kindergartner with my almost one year old in the car. I remember having a headache. Thank God we got home okay. Uh, I do not remember anything after that other than waking up in the hospital and them saying, um, hey, FYI, you just had a stroke and you almost died. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> What happened? Um, and from there was this two year long journey of the doctors telling me that I would never walk again. I would never talk again without a speech impediment. And I, they did cognitive testing and found that I was at a 10th grade level. And so I just decided I was going to do the impossible and I wasn't going to listen to the doctors. So sometimes when I tell this story, people say that the miracle was that I recovered. And in reality, I think the miracle was that I didn't listen to the doctors. Um, so I, I had this very long recovery. And if I had more time, I'd tell you what I did. But the end result being now I run regular 5Ks. Uh, with, well, running, maybe not so much, but the stampeding through peanut butter. Maybe that's it. Like a turtle stampeding through peanut butter. That's more my style. But I finish every time. And I've been a, a keynote speaker, a trainer, a speaker, an international speaker um, for about 10 years now. We're, we're set. Actually, tomorrow I will have my 300th uh, speaking engagement for the year 2020. And I didn't even work in January and February. So that's saying something. Uh, you can do a lot from your chair at home. And uh, then I, I decided I was going to go back to school. So I am in the last few months of finishing up my PhD in education. Uh, my specialty is assessment, evaluation, and accountability, three words that most educators go, ugh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but <really>. I love. <laughs> so I'm looking at, um, for my project, I'm looking at a statewide system and basically asking, how does coaching affect the quality in the classroom? Uh, so right now I'm working through data. I am becoming very intimate with uh, Excel and finding we're having some relationship issues, but uh, we'll work through them. We'll figure it out. Uh, so that's a, a little bit about me in a nutshell. I've also got three kids who are at home virtual learning. Uh, uh, my 16 year old, uh, he, he's a, a very good student, but he's struggling right now because he sees that when you're not in person, it's a little harder to provide uh, individualized instruction for kids who are getting it. So we're trying to get creative for him to, to find other, other solutions. Um, my 14 year old is a 14 going on 40. Um, she causes uh, stress and chaos wherever she goes, but in a loving way, in a weird way, if you know what I mean. Uh, she, she is a lover of drama, not that she wants the drama, but she's okay if everybody, everybody else has it. And then there's my 11 year old who uh, is a, a kind of a math genius and she's struggling in math class right now. So we're, we're trying to help her with that a little bit because she says, I don't want understand why they don't understand. Um, and then my husband's working from home too for the very first time. So, you know, we've got a, a lot going on on the other side of this door. So I have kind of laid down the mom rule of no, no noise. Uh, yesterday I was giving a keynote and there were two trumpets and a flute that were warring right underneath me. Uh, so we've, we've now made a new rule when mom's doing a keynote, no more instruments. So hopefully that will happen today. Um, so this idea of talking about stress, guys, I, you want to talk about stress? I was so stressed that literally a part of my brain blew up. 
I'm on a mission. I've been talking about leadership for a really long time. Like Tom said, we're, we're both in the John Maxwell team together. We've traveled around the world with John doing t different trainings. Uh, I love talking about leadership, especially coaching. Coaching is the highest form of leadership. Um, but I got to be honest with you that there's a lot of people out there that can train on leadership. We need more people in the education space who recognize, first of all, that teachers are human. Yes, are you guys human out there? If, you're, if you feel like a human, somewhat, use one of the reaction buttons and show me your reaction, either clapping hands or a heart or something like that. Like, yes, we're human. Yes, awesome. I love it, I love it. So I'm on a mission for us to treat teachers like humans, students like humans, families like humans, and really take care of each other. So before I get into what we're gonna talk about today, a couple things. Uh, I definitely want you to take notes, but if you're anything like a lot of my teacher friends, you're gonna be frantically trying to write things down. I'm gonna tell you that at the end, I'm gonna share a link with you, or Tom's gonna to share a link with you, and it's gonna, uh, the link you go, you follow it, put your name and email in, and you're gonna get a, um, a document, and it's gonna be five or six, I forget how many free gifts I put in there. Most of what we're gonna talk about today are fleshed out in more detail. So if, I, if you hear something and you're like, oh, I wanna know more about that, the free gift will tell you much more. So if you want, you can just kind of sit back and, and take some notes, but don't do it furiously. I want you to take notes about, if I say something, what pops into your head? So if I say something about stress and you have an idea or a thought that comes to you, write that thought down because that's really important. As much as I love to hear myself talk, not really, uh, but I know I'm gonna say some really important things, but sometimes I think we focus too much on what the speaker is saying and not enough on what's happening inside us. And that's where the real change and transformation comes from. Okay, so I'm a big firm believer in if you only have one idea from today and that's the idea that you need and you internalize that and you walk that out in your practice day in and day out, that will change your life. So it's not so much that you get everything I'm gonna say today, you just need to get your thing, okay? So before we do any of that, I want you to put down all of your notes. Put down everything. Uh, I want you to close your eyes, okay? Just close your eyes. If we were together in person, this is when I would just assure you I'm not walking around the room stealing your stuff. So just close your eyes. Unless you're driving. Unless, unless you're driving, that's right. <laughs> do it safely, yes, absolutely. Um, okay, so I want you to take three really deep breaths and hold it. So one at a time, obviously. Deep breath, let it out. Another deep breath, let it out. And one more. Okay, now you can go ahead and open your eyes. And I want you to think about one thing that you're grateful for right now. It could be anything. Honestly, I'm grateful for my Converse shoes. I'm wearing one that has this maroon color on today and it feels really comfortable. That's my thing I'm grateful for. Pick one thing, it doesn't matter what it is and write that down at the top of your paper. Okay. And then the next thing I want you to do is really think about, you know, we've got less than an hour together. So for the next 45 minutes or so, what is your intention for our time together? What do you hope to get or hope to see? during our time together. Write that down. 
Okay. So as you're doing that, I want to explain this three-step process of setting you up for success. So the breathing part, I hope you noticed that your body just felt a little bit different, uh, felt really good. And the gratitude part, you know, your brain cannot feel fear and love at the same time. So fear emotions tend to be what we call negative emotions. Um, so if you're feeling a lot of stress, your brain can't feel stressed and grateful at the same time. When you start to think about the thing that you're grateful for, you begin this chemical process in your brain that goes throughout your whole body. And then when you set your intention, you're literally telling your, your subconscious brain, this is what I want to capture from today. So you're giving it a command and you're more likely to get something from your time here. Okay. This is a process actually that's one of our tips for today, especially when you're working with students, especially when you're working in a Zoom environment. Never enter a learning environment without first checking brain and their stress. Assume that every brain coming onto a Zoom is stressed. And if you go through this breathing technique and think of one thing you're grateful for and what do you want to get from today, it's like you signal your brain and your body to be in the same place at the same time. How many of you feel like sometimes your brain and your body are not in the same place? If you ever feel like that, give us give a one of the reaction buttons. Raise your hand, thumbs up, something like that. Yeah, exactly. That's a sure sign that you are way too stressed, okay? So let's talk about the two kinds of stress. You have acute stress, which happens kind of in a moment or it lasts for a short time. And that's actually a good kind of stress. We want acute stress from time to time. Um, if you have a deadline, um, usually, you know, it's good to have a little bit of adrenaline going so you can match that deadline. Although I would probably say from a production standpoint, it's better to uh, create a deadline that's maybe a week before the actual deadline. Give yourself a little of that uh, adrenaline boost, but also, you know, give yourself a lot of lead time, especially when you're turning in a grant. I'm sure um, Katie would agree with me on that one. Uh, but it's also really good to have acute stress when you're in danger, you know, and what is danger? Well, I mean, the proverbial, if you're in the woods and you're being chased from a bear, guess what? We want those good hormones rushing through us, the adrenaline telling us, hey, you need to get going, right? If you didn't have that, you would die, okay? But it's the chronic stress that really is not good for us. It starts to have a huge impact on us. And when you notice that you're in a place of chronic stress, you need to start listening to your body because your body will start to send you messages, okay? That was my biggest issue when I was a, an administrator and I was going through all of those really rough times. My body was sending me messages all the time and I just didn't listen to it. Um, if you're looking for that sixth or seventh cup of coffee because you just can't get enough energy, your body's talking to you. Um, if, if the alarm goes off and you've pushed snooze nine different times and you're just trying to get up the nerve to get up and get in the shower, let alone go to work, your body's trying to tell you something. If you're going to the doctor quite frequently, getting sick all the time, your body is trying to tell you something. So listen, I, I, I'm just on a mission to tell people, please listen to your body. I didn't listen to mine and I do not want you to end up going through what I went through. Okay. Now there's two parts to your nervous system that I think it's really important to understand kind of the behind the scenes of, of why stress happens. 
So there's your sympathetic nervous system. So that is your fight, flight, or freeze. So if you're, you know, encountering something, what, how many of you, actually, this is really good. Let's use the reaction buttons for this one. Uh, let's say you're having an interaction with somebody and you get angry. How many of you, when you get angry, uh, you, you want to just fight them? You want to fight either verbally or, or, or physically. You're like, yes, let's just duke it out right here. Okay. How many of you, when you get angry, you like shut down? You're like, oh no, I don't know what to do here. Uh, I don't know what to say. Yeah, lots of them on that one. How many of you, when you get angry in this situation, you're just like, I'm out of here. Like, I just got to escape. That's mine. That's mine. I, I, I tend to avoid. Um, so that is your sympathetic nervous system. And again, it's okay if you're in danger. However, if you live a life where you're always fleeing from something, which a lot of teachers and administrators are, you know, I just got to get to the next thing. I just got like, I don't have time to process this thing that happened over here. I just got to go over here. And especially right now when you're dealing with um, everything having to do with, with Corona, it's not just you dealing with your stuff. You're now supporting all of your students, your coworkers, everybody. Okay. The second part of your nervous system is your parasympathetic nervous system. And this is your rest, digest, and grow. This is like where we want to be, okay? The good stuff happens here. However, a lot of people, what they don't realize is that you can't stay there for too long. You actually do need to have a little bit of adrenaline rushing through you um, to, to grow and change and transform. So if you find yourself in a place, which I'm just going to take a wild guess and say not everybody's in the rest, digest, and grow stage right now, um, but if you find yourself for too, there for too long, um, nothing good is going to come about. Okay, so these two, two kinds of stress really do relate to each other. Um, I'd say probably it's the 20-80 rule. I, I strive for 80% within the parasympathetic rest, digest, and grow, and 20% of my day feeling a little, ah, a little off. Actually, that's where I'm at with Excel. So if you have any Excel wizards out there in our, our crowd, send them along, because I'd like to move from the uh, fight, flight, or freeze to the rest, digest, and grow when I even say the word Excel, okay? All right, so what actually happens when you have a high degree of stress? All of the body stuff, I think a lot of us know, but it decreases your ability to be creative and to innovate. Um, you really don't learn anything in a state of stress. Your focus is off, especially focus on uh, when you're having interactions with other people. You reduce your ability to solve problems. Um, you get tunnel vision, okay? So if you've ever been in maybe a, a dangerous position before, um, let's say you, you just had a car crash, right? Um, your uh, sympathetic nervous system sent uh, your, your focus into tunnel vision because it said, pay attention to what's important in front of you, right? And that's actually really good if you're in a car wreck. But if your brain interprets teaching online as a car wreck, you're only going to see things in tunnel vision. You're not going to see the whole field. Okay, so you're going to have a reduced level of awareness. And some of the stuff with the body happens that you decrease your ability to digest food. Um, so that means we have a lot of people out there, you know, they're, they're kind of stress eating. And 
that is hard enough on your body, but when you're in stress, you can't actually digest that food. So this, the, the COVID-19 pounds that everybody keeps talking about, uh, maybe you're experiencing that. And with increased stress, it, it reduces your immune response. So we've got a lot of people out there who are stressed who are trying to fight germs, right? And you're not able to do that if you're in stress. Uh, it also kind of pauses your biological clock. So I don't know if that's an issue for you. That part of me is done, so I'm okay with that. But if you're, if you're uh, into that, and then it also affects your sleeping. So th there's not a lot um, that's really good for you if you're in this chronic state of stress. But when you decrease your stress, all of the opposites of those actually happen. And in addition to that, there's an increased sense of community or connection with other people. Um, you know, when you're running from a bear in the woods, you're not really worried about uh, creating relationships and connections with other people. Uh, maybe you're, you're just looking around saying, okay, who, who's a slower runner than I am? All right, get behind me and I'm, I'm out of here, right? Um, it can also, reducing your stress, create a more positive self-image. You can have more hope for the future. Uh, and just more resilience. So there's two tools or books, I guess I would suggest. If you are um, an individual working on your own stress or you're within a workplace and you're trying to help other people grow, there's a book out there by Dr. Henry Cloud. It's called Boundaries for Leaders. I would highly suggest that one. He goes through and really describes the stress cycle, what's happening and how you can change that. And then there's one other one that's called The Fearless Organization. This one is an excellent one for leaders. It's actually got uh, um, uh, a quiz in there that you can take to see how stressed you are and how stressed your team is. And it will go through and walk you through how do you kind of process that stress within a team. So that's by, I think it's Amy Edmondson, E-D-M-O-N-D-S-O-N, -O -O uh, The Fearless Organization. Those are two excellent resources. So one other thing that happens um, is that you, you can have changes in your personality when you are stressed. Uh, Tom, you'll have to answer this for me. I meant to ask you, have you done any training with this group on the DISC personality profile? Yes, everybody who's in the Teacher Leader Academy and maybe some of the other folks have had, have had a DISC and they'll know exactly. Because I was going to ask them, hey, where do you think Michelle is on the DISC profile? Well, that's a good idea. Yeah, put that in the chat. What do you think I am on the DISC profile? Let's, let's see how that works out. So we'll that's let great. some people answer that one. And then you, once I'm done explaining this one, I want you to pop back on and tell me what they say, okay? Yeah. That's a and good I activity. And I love what you're talking about awareness, Michelle. I mean, that really is the key, right? We gotta, we gotta slow down. Yeah. We gotta pay attention to ourselves and stop worrying about everything around us and just be like, hmm, something doesn't feel right today, right? I mean, and, and you know, maybe this happened to you. You know, I mean, at a point, like you get so numb to those like awareness signs, you're just, you just don't even pay attention and, and, and it's, it makes a big difference. Like we need to know what good feels like in our body. And if we don't, you got to start there. So that, that, that was an awesome tip that I wrote down. Yeah. And I, and I think that that is something we really need to address when you're um, an education leader. Um, that's one of the biggest gifts that you can give your people is to allow them to be human beings and not robots. You know, I found it very interesting. Several years ago, I learned that teachers have the highest rates of throat cancer and bladder cancer 
because we're talking all the time and we never get to go to the bathroom. Uh, and I can't think of another profession that doesn't allow their people to use the restroom like that. that so, so administrators really, really key in on how can you help serve your people by letting them be human beings first and then teachers. So as far as the DISC goes, um, I'm not going to do a whole training on DISC here, but I do want to talk about how your, your personality is affected by stress. So if you want to know more about DISC, plug into Tom because he's got a ton of resources on that. Um, so if you are the D style, so if you're primarily very outgoing and task oriented, when you're under a lot of stress, you kind of shed the whole people um, uh, focus. Uh, you're like, yeah, people don't matter so much. And you get a little more demanding, okay? And you enter into this zone where you're deciding things without thinking. Now, sometimes that's good. If you're in an emergency, you, you probably, like, God forbid your building should be burning down at the moment. Um, a D is really good to have in that crisis because they're going to, all right, let's get it done, right? They're going to know what to do. They're going to make a decision. However, when, you know, your state, and I don't know what state you guys are in um, here in Michigan, uh, <laughs> the rules seem to change very often and very rapid and they don't make any sense and so you're you're trying to make decisions for your team and then some new rule comes in and you're like whoa what's happening and a d style individual under this kind of stress has the tendency to just make a snap decision and go but then there's all of these other people that they didn't ask you know hey what do you think and sometimes they make decisions that are not the best for their team okay so if that's you just be aware that that is a part of you Okay, not saying that it's going to happen, but it's, it's a potential. Um, and if that is, if you think that especially your spouse or significant other or your very close people that you're, you're with all the time, if they're a D style person, uh, just know that when they're demanding and they're doing that deciding without thinking, they're not being a jerk. <laughs> they're just wired differently than you. Okay, um, I love the phrase of they're not giving you a hard time they're having a hard time. And there's a big difference there because if somebody's giving you a hard time, we're humans, we're like, okay, if you're pushing my buttons, I'm gonna push your buttons. But if they're having a hard time, well, now I see you're having a hard time, I'm gonna help you out. So those D style individuals, when you see that they're very demanding, try to, try to tell your brain they're under stress. How can I help them out, okay? Now the I style individual, they're very outgoing, but they're also people oriented. They're the, the life of the party, right? They love to have fun. Um, they're very inspiring. But when they're under high stress, they can get very, very uh, paralyzed by emotions. Um, they don't, they get a little confused. They're not exactly sure what to do. Um, so it, it can seem like they're not taking care of the problems or they're not doing the things that they should be doing. Um, so if you have a high eye person who maybe is a staff member and they're just not getting stuff done, check in with them because they're probably under a lot of stress. Okay, don't just assume because they don't have their paperwork in that they're just dropping the ball. They're probably under a lot of stress. And with the S style individuals, uh, these are your, your um, reserved, but also very people oriented. So they're great listeners, they're supporters, they're encouragers. They really, really struggle. They want things to stay the same all the time. So let's think about what's happened in the last nine to 10 months. Nothing has stayed the same, sometimes not even from week to week. 
the S's are probably the, the personality style that has struggled the most during this pandemic. And they also love peace and harmony. So they want everybody to have everything that they need. They're empaths. And so they are under a great deal of stress and it's not just their stress, it's everybody's stress around them because they tend to internalize that. This makes them very difficult when uh, they're probably not going to be the one speaking up in the meeting saying, nope, I don't think we should do that. They're not going to say a thing, but they're going to have a really hard time following the rules that you're, the new rules that you're laying down because they just can't get on board with making that change. Okay. Um, they probably are missing work because they're literally so stressed their body is shutting down. The C type, um, they are very reserved and task oriented. Without the C's, you know, we wouldn't even have the, the technology to meet here today. Um, so the C's are very cognitive, they're great thinkers, they love to learn, they love their research data, statistics. And C's, when they're under stress, they tend to over function. So they tend to kind of step into people's space a little bit. Okay, here, I just delegated this to you, but uh, yeah, you're not doing it right, so I'm taking it back. And so they're under stress, they're trying to get help, but they create more stress for themselves because you're not doing it right. And they tend to be very critical. So they, they're not being a jerk, they're just under stress. Uh, I have to remind myself of that all the time. All five of us here in our house, we have a little bit of C. Some have way more C. My 14-year-old is a high D, high C. Um, so she's already difficult to deal with on any normal day. Uh, but when she's under stress, she criticizes like crazy. So I have to remember, okay, she's trying to work it out. She's trying to figure all this out. Um, she's not being a jerk. So I, I hope that that helps because I think when we talk about DISC, we don't often talk about the outliers in your personality. And that's what's really happening. We want to kind of come towards the middle and be able to flex our communication. But sometimes when we're under stress, we're like, yeah, I just can't think about people right now, or I can't think about work right now um, because this is my need. Yeah. And, you know, you know, great points, Michelle. And, and you make me think about if you've taken a DISC through us, right, we have three three graphs and we have a stress graph. I mean, you could look at what that is and, and, and look at yourself under stress and start to really identify like how I feel. And everybody will remember when I did it, I seek two things under stress, control and accuracy. And that's not healthy. That's not healthy for the people around me. And that's not healthy for me to act that way. So, you know, when I get emotional, I get dumb. Uh, so I just need to really calm down and, you know, and I've been learning on this, you know, for a while. So, so, so we had lots of people guess, Michelle, and you just kind of gave everybody clues. So you have C somewhere in there. Uh, so we pretty much have everybody. So can you uh, reveal what, what a uh, disc style are you? Sure. So my disc style is an S-I-C. An S-I-C. I, I am sick. You yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, we had, yeah, we had, a, we had an IC from Kristen and, and I said a, uh, I said, I don't know, either a DC or an ICD. So I was close. Uh, and then we got Taylor said an I, uh, so per, yeah, definitely you've got that outgoing, uh, more uh, fast pace uh, for sure. So yeah, well, it's it's interesting because most people will say that um, who who see the work that I do maybe online um, or they hear, oh my gosh, you've done 300 speaking engagements. They think that I'm a D, that I love to get stuff done and I'm driven. Um, no, not so much. D is very little in my profile, uh, but my motivating force is as an S. I love to help people grow. I love to be an encourager. I'm a coach at heart. 
heart. Um, that's just a part of who I am. And so I guess the driven part of me really comes from this, uh, I want other people to win. Uh, and then of course, one of the models of my life is, uh, why be boring? Why, why be serious so much? You know, we can have fun while we're actually transforming ourselves and others. Uh, the C side of me used to be way higher, um, but I, I've allowed that to, to be a little bit more on the personal side and bring in the S and the I. Um, so I wish you could see my library here. I've got four bookshelves that, that clearly prove I have C in me. Um, but when I'm out and I'm working with, with people, I really love to, to just find out what do you want? Um, how can I help you get what you want? And how can we have fun doing it? Um, so sometimes that looks like a D uh, and, and it's not. So yeah and a whole and if you haven't taken a disc i mean please you know find you know someone you can do it through me or you know michelle but it, it's 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 a self-awareness exercise i mean that's the whole point of it it's not to label you it's not it's just to help you inform yeah. you to raise your awareness that if you need to make changes here's some things that you could do and i know it's it's helped me tremendously over five years Oh yeah. And for me, I think it's, it's the, the idea of the flexing that has helped me the most. So really looking at this is who I am, but how can I flex? Um, so for example, I have a lot of clients who are high D clients. They're very driven. Uh, and so I need to adjust the way that I communicate so that they get what they need. And I love to do that because I'm an S and I want peace and harmony and I want you to have what you need. So that's, uh, you know, just changing how I do things so that you get what you need. I still have my motivating force, but you get your need met. So yeah, huge. Which also reduces stress. Absolutely. Right. If I learn how to communicate with you, like my wife and I, like she's an S style and I had to learn it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like I had to wait for the, cause something's coming. Yep. But that has made our relationship better. And when your relationships are better and your personal life is better, your professional life is better. It just, it all kind of lines up. So absolutely. And that was one thing I didn't say before I started. And I usually say is that, you know, I'm on a mission, especially in education for us to, you know, I don't know if you were, were trained this way, but when I first went through school, they trained me in, you know, when you walk through that classroom door, leave your personal life at the door. Uh, you're now a professional. Now I totally get what they mean and I'm not, you know, throwing the baby out with the bathwater here. However, you're still a person and we need to value that you're a whole person and that when you walk in that door, you're a whole person. So you can change something in your personal life and it should show up in the classroom and vice versa. Um, so anytime I do a training, I like to tell people, this is for every part of you. This is not just for the classroom. This isn't just for, you know, your leadership team. This is, this is for your whole life. So I want to tell you some tips now, some um, really cool tips that can help you reduce your stress. So you might want to take some notes on this. The one thing I can tell you though, because I, I don't have a whole lot of time today, I, I don't necessarily have my command of time to tell you where I found all of this. It is definitely backed up by research and evidence-based practices. Um, I just don't have time to go through all of that, okay? So uh, there's a couple things that you can do uh, first of all, we, we talked about the breathing, right? So just deep breathing is, is helpful. One of the things we know from, from the research on stress is that when you're stressed, you don't breathe deeply. Think about that. If you're running from a bear, there's no need to take a really deep breath. You, it's a shallow breath all the time. So if your brain thinks that you're running from a bear while you're you know trying to teach on Zoom, you're not breathing. So anytime you can do deep breaths, you don't have to go into like a whole meditation or anything, just take a few breaths breaths. 
one of the things that I absolutely love, and there's a ton of research on this one, you can just Google humming, humming. Um, it's fascinating to read some of the research on this. Uh, and you can do it at different tones. There's all kinds of different ways to do it. Um, I used to travel a lot, like 45,000 miles a year on my car to different trainings. Uh, I didn't have road rage, just a really healthy dose of road impatience. And so I really had to work on that one. That was a huge stressor for me. Humming was the thing that helped me the most. So you just kind of take a deep breath in and on the outtake you do and you can change the tone. But what happens here is you kind of, uh, you send these vibrations throughout your whole body and you actually um, oxygenate your cells again. Okay, so just practice it. Uh, some I work with a lot of early childhood educators, so working with infants and toddlers and preschoolers, and they've been practicing this in the classroom, and especially with infants and toddlers, they've noticed that when they are getting stressed and they're sitting on the floor and they start humming, that children will come over to them and they'll practice humming too, and before you know it, the whole class has kind of calmed down a little bit. So I think that's a great experiment to do. Um, Another one that's very similar related is gentle bouncing. So if I were in person, I would you know, demonstrate this for you, but basically you're standing up straight and you um, bend yourself just a little bit at the knees and you gently bounce up and down. I've got kind of a bouncy chair. I didn't realize how bouncy it was. So you kind of bounce up and down a little bit. You can do this anywhere. You can do this if you're at the grocery store, but what you're doing is you're sending um, when, when we're stressed, what happens is the oxygen in our spinal column kind of settles to the base of our spine. And so when you're, you're bouncing a little bit like this, you actually send the oxygen bubbles back up to your brain. So you're literally oxygenating your nervous system just by bouncing. Okay. Maybe have a bouncing session on Zoom, huh? Have your kids, your students do that. Um, another thing that I, I absolutely love to do, and I have a painting in the other room. I had one commissioned. Um, gratitude is an anchor. So you remember earlier when I said you can't feel fear and love at the same time, you can't feel stress and gratitude at the same time. Gratitude is your anchor in any storm. I don't care what storm it is. If you can go to a place where you can feel grateful for one thing, you have sent these signals throughout your whole body. Remember, we're not fighting a bear because if you're fighting a bear, you can't sit down and write a thank you note. Okay. You're, you're grateful and saying, ah, yes, okay, everything's good. We're going to be okay. Now, anything you can do that will relax all of your muscle groups is going to process out stress. So I'm going to share a position with you. Um, it's a position that you can do sitting down. You can actually do it standing up, or you can do it when you're uh, in bed at night if you want to fall asleep a little faster. So simply, you just cross your ankles. doesn't matter which one's on top. Um, and then you can either cross your arms or a better way to do it is if you cross your wrists and then you grab your palms like this. <laughs> I'm watching Tom just to make sure. So he, okay. And then you turn your arms in this way. All right. And then the last thing is you take your tongue and you put it on the roof of your mouth. And you should feel your muscles just kind of relax a little bit. That posture signals your brain that we're all good here. And I have been using it for years to fall asleep. 
uh, if you practice it enough, it, it will come a little faster for you. I actually can fall asleep in a, under a minute now if I do that pose. So don't do it at work unless you want to fall asleep, okay? <laughs> um, and then I want to talk about, the, this is the last tip for you as the teacher, and then I'll share some tips about how you can help your students. Let's talk for a moment about self-care versus self-love, okay? So self-care, um, you know, a lot of people talk about it as mindfulness, um, you know, the, and they give you all kinds of things, you know, do some yoga, go for a walk, be out in nature, take a bath, drink some wine. Um, and, and all of those are wonderful things. That is actually a Band-Aid on stress, okay? It's not actually helping you to process the stress. You need to go to a place of self-love, and this is a place more where you're focusing on gratitude, um, a genuine feeling of generosity, so not doing things because you have to, but doing things because you want to, um, letting go, forgiveness, all of those are very self-loving acts, and if you can do those on a regular basis, that's going to prevent the stress and also allow you to process out stress. Okay, so definitely have that glass of wine if that helps you. However, while you're having the glass of wine with every sip, I want you to tell yourself one thing you're grateful for. So then you're doing self-care and self-love at the same time. Okay, so let me tell you a couple things you can do with your students. Uh, the first thing, you know, the very first thing that we did today was we said, take a few deep breaths. What's one thing you're thankful for? What do you want to get out of our time together today? I start every live presentation with that. I would highly recommend that you do that with your students. Um, if it becomes a practice, a habit, uh, then your students will actually internalize that and they might do that before they start reading a book, before they work with another teacher. I can't think of a better gift to give your students than, hey, guess what? You're getting ready to learn. Let's make sure that your brain and your body are together and set you up for success. Okay. Um, the second thing is acknowledging their stress. Uh, I've been a little perturbed, I'll say that as a parent, that um, I've kind of been checking in with my, my kids' teachers, and there's very little acknowledgement of the stress that they might be under as students, or that they're, you know, having difficulty with technology, things like that. Now, my kids are fine. It's just that I think if you checked in with them every now and then and just had a one-on-one -on -one and said, hey, how are you doing? Maybe even asking them the question, hey, how are you doing not as a student, uh, but as a human? How's it going as a human? You know, that, that, that would be good. Um, another question that I know a lot of stress teachers are not ready to ask, so do not just ask this unless you're ready. What would make this class better for you? I think that's a question that you can use anytime, but specifically now when we're all under so much stress, especially with virtual learning, what would make this better for you? Do not ask that question unless you're ready to hear the answer and do something about the answer. And I do think that that's a question that administrators should be asking about their staff, their teachers. Hey, what can I do to make things better for you? Okay. And then the last thing is literally just teach them what you know about stress and the stress brain. 
Um, I've actually taught preschoolers how to, you know, tell if they have stress. There's lots of strategies out there. So if you can teach a preschooler that three and four year old, you can teach any student about stress so that they can kind of check in with their own brain and say, whoa, where am I at on my stress level? Uh, I'm a firm believer in the one to 10 scale. So one being low, 10 being high, what's your stress level? Uh, maybe it's a seven. I'm really high today. Okay. The next question is always, what will make your number go lower? And you ask that question and your inner voice is going to tell you something. Sometimes it'll say, go take a walk. Sometimes it'll say, breathe or hum or bounce, whatever. Um, it's not going to say, you know, if you're in the middle of the class, go, go take a bath. It's not going to say that, you know, your, your, your inner voice is going to give you a really good answer. So if you just check in with yourself and, and honor that and say, what can I do? Um, then, then you'll get an idea and just follow it. So there's that. I do want to tell you though, um, and then we'll, I think we'll have time for Q&A, right, Tom? Okay. So I want to tell you about the free gift that you're going to get access to. So there's several things in here. I'm not going to tell you everything, just the four really cool things in there. So there's a 30 minute video that I've done that shows the connection between two people. Um, what happens in your conscious brain and your subconscious brain when two people are interacting? And so uh, there's a lot of stress that comes from relationships. And I think when you understand when one person is in their conscious brain and another one is in their, their subconscious fight, flight, or freeze, there's a certain interaction that happens when two people are in their conscious brains, awake, aware, alert, there's a, a like a, a honeymoon effect that happens. Uh, but when both of them are in their, in their subconscious brain, nothing good happens. So that video is going to explain that whole process. And you can apply that to your own personal relationships. You can also apply that to your professional relationships and relationships with your students. And then there is a shorter video. Um, it's DISC Your Way to Success. So if you want to know a little bit more about DISC, um, you can check that out. There's a, a two-hour video on there about stress during trying times. So if you're, you know, wanting to know a little bit more about stress in general and how do you process that out, we flesh that out in more detail. And then the really cool part, this is really cool. Uh, I am a, a trained Psych K facilitator. So what that means is Psych-K is a high-speed way to process stress and to change beliefs. So I, I have clients right now that have um, PTSD from traumatic events, uh, you know, people who have health issues, uh, tons of teachers and leaders out there. Uh, and we can literally run through one of these activities, they're called balances, in less than five minutes. And we can process out all of the emotions attached to it. So for example, let's say you're in a car accident and all of a sudden you're afraid to, to drive in a car now. Um, we can spend less than five minutes doing one of these high speed processing activities and process out that whole stress. You'll have all of your memories. You, we don't erase anything, but you'll be able to come out of that and know, okay, so here's the lesson I learned from that. However, I don't feel that attachment, um, those emotions anymore. So there is a link in there if you want to try a session for 15 minutes, totally free for you guys. Uh, I want you to feel it. And, and quite frankly, I can't think of a better thing to give the world than teachers and leaders who are under a little less stress. Yeah, it's awesome. Thank you so much, Michelle, you know, for that gift. And it's been in everybody's inbox. So if you sign up for the training, it showed up 
as soon as actually you started to talk about it, it was awesome. almost like, yeah, it was almost like someone set it up that way. Michelle, how about that? <laughs> yeah. So, so do you want to handle some, you know, questions? There were sure. some folks that talked about, you know, their stress. I asked them at the beginning, um, what, what causes stress so folks can un unmute yourself and talk to Michelle or ask them. Uh, but, but uh, Taylor said, one thing that stresses me out is when I don't manage my time well. Mm -hmm. And so the one thing that we'll say, well, you can't manage time. It's already in place, but right. it's how you use it, right? And how you make sure you know what you should do, right? As a leader, part of your job is, is, is what is required of me. And is this activity getting me closer to my goal? Michelle, right? Do you yeah. want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so I've actually had an epiphany about this recently. Uh, I've done a ton of teaching on production. That's getting stuff done has kind of been my thing. I, I can get all kinds of stuff done. Uh, I have all kinds of production tools and things like that that can help you to, to manage. We used to say time management. Time doesn't manage. You know, time just marches on. Um, so the, the me management, so those tools help you to manage you in, in, in your time. However, my epiphany has come recently um, doing more in this, this work on stress. It's not time management. It's not me management. It's really fear management. Because you can manage your yourself, your schedule all day long, but if you have fear about something um, or a limiting belief, doesn't matter how much time you put into that. I, I reference my time with Excel. Uh, thank God I had Site K and I was able to take myself through a stress processing. Every time I sit down to use Excel now, that's what I do. I go into my balance. I'm like, okay, all right, my brain is okay. And then I just kind of check in with myself as I'm using that, that time because I know I only have a certain amount of time. I, I set a timer. I know when the timer goes off, I've got to transition. I've got to make the best use of my time. And if I sit there and I, I work myself up into this place of stress or fear, that's not using my time wisely. Mm -hmm. And so whatever you can do to process your fear and your stress, you need to process and manage that and stop worrying about your time. Because once you start doing that, then you'll have more time. Can you talk more about, you know, the fear? Cause this is a big one. I mean, it's, it's like, what are, you know, I'm not, I'm not afraid. I said, I didn't say you were afraid. Yeah. You, you're a, something's going on, right? It's, it's, it's criticism or there's, there's something that's causing you not to take that step. And that's what's leaking energy. And that's, what's creating your time management problem, which is, you know, creating stress. It's all yeah. a cycle, right? Yeah. I'll give you a great example. I was working with a coaching client not too long ago and uh, we meet every Thursday morning and uh, she came on the line and one week she's like, oh man, I got to send this email. I'm like, okay, send the email. And uh, she talked for the whole half hour about why she couldn't send this email. And everything that she was talking about was related to what she thought was going to happen when she sent the email. So she was telling herself all of these stories. When I send this email, this, listen, some of us are such a great story writers. We could write our own soap, soap operas. Uh, we lay in bed at night and we start to worry. We start to think, okay, I know I have to have this difficult conversation. If I say this, then they're going to say this. And then if they say that, I'm going to say this. Well, wait a minute. If I say this, but if they say this, then what am I going to, and before we know it, we've turned ourselves inside and out with these stories and that process creates extra stress. So when we actually get to that interaction, everything kind of falls apart. And so this person had told herself so many stories about this email. And I finally just said, stop, 
send the email. Um, and she came back the next week and she still hadn't sent the email. How long does it take to send an email guys? 30 seconds, but it's not about the 30 seconds. It's about the, she just spent an hour with me over two weeks. How she's two weeks. It took her to send a 30 second email because of all of the, the stories that were attached to that. So, you know, you might not think that you feel fear because, you know, oh, I'm afraid of spiders, right? No, no, there, there's all these different fears and limiting beliefs that drive us and we're not even aware of them. Yeah, wow, yeah. Fear is a big one. Yeah. But it's just false evidence appearing real. Right. So, someone told me that. Uh, we have someone here from Kuwait. They're uh, joining all the way from, from, from halfway across the, the, the world here. So, so this is exciting. Awesome. And I think it was uh, Nancy, right? Yeah. So Nancy says she's, I'm constantly stressed out about the future, about yeah. the future. You want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So the future, you know, it never gets here. <laughs> we, we really only have the now moment. Um, there's two ways to think of the future worry or concern. So there are genuine things that we need to be concerned about. So, you know, I think about education and how we're doing things right now. Um, you know, if you're meeting in person, there's genuine concerns about meeting in person right now. We're going to take all of our health and safety precautions, right? Um, if you're meeting virtually, there's genuine concerns like uh, there are school districts all around the world right now that are missing thousands of students. That's a concern. We need to address that concern. We need to try to figure out where are they, what can we do for them. But worry is taking your concern and putting it on steroids. Worry is worrying about all of the things that you probably don't have um, control over, right? So you can, a lot of my friends, I love them. They know I love them. They've gotten a little too out of concern or out of control with the whole political environment. Listen, I voted. I did my job. If you feel called and led to do something else, that's totally on you. But why would you put yourself in a situation where you are literally sitting at, in your home and hours of, of the day you are spending watching TV, you're spending watching social media, you're spending, you know, chatting and texting with your friends about, you know, X, Y, and Z and all of these other things. Like that is taking a concern, a right concern, and taking, you know, pouring gas on the flames and the, the flames are turning into all of these things you have no control over. So, you know, if you feel like there's a concern of I need to do something, go do something. But sitting and talking and thinking and worrying about it, uh, it just is adding stress to you and it's actually not helping the situation at all. You know what, you know, Michelle, you just really made me think, and I know you also believe this, it's, you know, our, our, uh, our uh, results come from our actions, our actions come from our uh, behaviors, right? And all of that comes from the beliefs. Yeah. And that comes from the information that we allow to come in. Yeah. And so a big part of relieving stress sometimes is separating from those stressors, right? Whether it's the news or social media or anything like that. Like, you know, you don't take the counsel of your fear or your naysayers, like live your life. Yeah. Stop watching other people live, you know, live theirs and wish that you had more, you know, their life isn't any better than yours. Don't worry about it. They just put the happy stuff on Facebook. Yeah. Right? Well, you know, and let me just address this because I've seen this trend in, in social media amongst my friends. Uh, a lot of them, you know, saying, oh my goodness, um, 
I'm going to take a hiatus from, from Facebook for a while. And, oh, I'm going to, you know, re remove all these friends and, and X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, have at it, go for it, remove me. I don't care. Um, but the, this taking the hiatus, I get it. But the reasoning is because, oh my goodness, everything is so negative. Everything is this and that. And I'm like, um, you get to decide who comes on your feed. You got to decide if they were going to be your friend or not. You get to decide if you're going to block them or, or hide them or whatever. Like you have control over that. That's like saying, um, you know, I, I just have to marry the first guy that comes along because I've got to get married. No, you don't. You, you get a choice in that. You get a choice about everything. You are, are not a tree. You can move in, in your environment. So if something's not working for you, listen, I have, a, I have a blast on social media. I have so much fun with my friends on social media. It is hilarious every single day. It adds to me. And you know why? Because that's my focus. My focus, I, I've also lovingly and gently released some people off of my feed and out of my life. Uh, I love them. And if I see them again, I'll give them a big hug and I'll love on them. But let me, I can't have them in my life anymore. Where your focus goes, your energy flows, Michelle. Absolutely. I love it. So we got some real, really good action steps here in the comment box. You have some last words that you want to share out with everybody and make sure that you you know, grab the email that I sent you. It's got a link to uh, Michelle's free uh, resources, which have more than monetary value. They have lifetime, you know, nice. life, life success, right? That's what we want is sustained happiness for everybody. Um, you know, check her out either on, you know, Facebook or email her. Uh, she is really funny on Facebook. You're going to get <laughs> some really, some, some really comical memes and, and just, just some really good questions to uh, reflect on on a daily basis. So, so I'll let you have the last word here, you know, and, 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 you know, thank you so much for uh, giving us an hour of your time today. Oh my gosh, my pleasure. I love this. You guys, I, the last parting statement, I really want you to take this to heart. Stress management is not something on your to-do list. Mm. Uh, stress management needs to be every day, all day. Uh, I have a, a, a sticker on my laptop here. It says mind work is the only work. We like to think of ourselves as these doers, these, you know, go out and achieve and get stuff done. And yes, we have our to-do list. Yes, we have things that we need to do. Absolutely. However, what we miss is the getting ready for the day, getting our mind mentally prepared for the day throughout the day. Listen, if you do get that rare sighting of going to the restroom and having a few minutes by yourself, I want you to think about while you're in there, can I practice humming? Can I practice deep breathing? What can I do while I'm in here to take advantage of my two or three minutes so I can process out that stress so I can be ready for the next thing? And then the evening time, don't go towards the TV. Don't go towards Netflix to just, you know, chill out. I know you need to do that, but while you're doing that, practice the breathing, practice the gratitude. Just keep a little piece of paper next to you. Write down things you're grateful for while you're watching the TV. I promise you those things are going to, um, you know, help you feel better. They're going to prevent more stress from piling up. And over time, it's going to, to have real results in your life. So don't make stress management. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know I should take care of myself because you know what? I did that for a number of years. That didn't work out too well for me. And, and it ended up, you know, changing the tra trajectory of my life. Listen, I'm so glad at where I'm at. I absolutely am. Um, but 
two years of not being able to take care of yourself or your children, that's not what I want for you guys. I want you to be able to be in charge of your life. So don't put stress management on your to-do list. Just let that be your whole to-do list. <laughs> I love it. Good intentions versus it versus intentional action. I mean, yep. that's, that's the difference. Good intentions is I spent an hour with Michelle. Intentional action is I took what uh, Michelle taught me to heart and I'm going to just start living differently. And you don't have to like jump into it for hours a day. Just start one with thing. the breathing. Yeah. Just one just, thing. You can just do five minutes of breathing. And, and if you don't think five minutes is a long time, go ahead and hold your breath for five minutes and you'll learn whether or not five minutes is enough. So and, Michelle, Oh yeah. I want to oh, tell more. the last thing. If going. you plug into the, to our podcast, which I think was, it, it's either in, I know it's in the, the list of free gifts, but uh, maybe we can send a link too. But if you plug into the podcast, tomorrow's episode, I just recorded it today specifically for you guys. It is a very short breathing kind of meditation. Uh, it doesn't take a lot of like, Oh, or anything like that. It's stuff that you can do and it only takes a few minutes. So if you want to practice that, that would be the best place to start. What, what's the podcast called? Is it called the uh, Grow by One podcast? Or? Nope. So if the title is Change Your Thinking, Change Your Life. And we're on nine different platforms. So look us up anywhere. You'll, you'll find a, a big picture of my head there. That's me. <laughs> I'm looking for it. I got a link to it. I'm going to put it in the chat box. So change your thinking, change, change your, your life. life. Yep. Michelle, work hard, work hard. Uh, so honored to be a part of your uh, community in their circle. I know you've taught me something and the dozens of folks that were on live. And if you're listening, you know, uh, you know, later tonight or a week from now, it's still the same, right? That's right. Listen in, Take an action step, one tiny step at a time, day by day, you're going to live the best life ever. So thanks again, Michelle, and thanks everybody for being on with us live today. And uh, to your sustained happiness and success, that's what, that's, what, that's what we want for you. Absolutely. Bye-bye, everyone.